read eight common questions about the Holy Spirit and tongues. All right, eight common questions about the under about the Holy Spirit and tongues. We're going to go through some of this today. It's a three-part series. Our foundation scripture is Acts two, one through four. Acts two, one through four. Again, Acts two, one through four. New King James Version. Again, understanding the Holy Spirit, part two of three. Eight common questions about what you got. Understanding the Holy Spirit and some. Alright, let's take it here. When the day of Pentecost, and you understand from prior weeks, Pentecost means 50. It was the day, especially in the Old Testament, 50 days from the Feast of First Fruits. Amen? But when it, and now we're talking about the New Testament. Well, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all, all the believers that were during that time period, all the disciples, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, you may say, well, well, well. Well, if they were speaking, well, how can they speak in other tongues? Because I know the way we speak now is with the includes our natural tongue. So if they were already speaking, how can they speak with other tongues? Well, I'm glad you asked that. God's going to be going to this today so we can understand what that tongue is. Amen? All right, now. Now, God's objectives for this portion of the series, this whole series in particular, is to demystified, demystified thinking regarding and things you may have heard about the Holy Spirit. So part of the series, God has an objective, and he wants to demystify and clear up some things that you may have heard about the Holy Spirit. we got to bring some clarity. Amen? He's going to bring some clarity. Next is to uh, bring understanding to further enhance our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So once we bring some clarity and understanding about the Holy Spirit, well, things we may have heard, now it's going to further enhance our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And particularly also today is to help in our understanding about tongues. Helping our understanding about tongues. Amen? All right now, let's do our review. Uh, now we understood from the, not only from the prior, from the previous series piece, but also uh, last week as well. We understand that, that Jesus made it clear, you referenced both in Hebrews six one through three, that there are six elementary principles of Christ, foundation things that Jesus is saying. Hey, to be uh, a Christian, these are these were all things that were foundational that we we can't disagree on these things. These are things that Jesus said. Hey, these this is elementary. This is this is like. One plus one. This is not taking anybody for granted. That's why God taught that again two weeks ago and say, wait, it's important that the body of Christ understand that these things are elementary. We don't even talk about other stuff until we kind of advance in those things. So God taught that a couple of weeks ago. But one of those elementary principles, one of those things that's foundational, is one of the things that he listed was baptism. That's, it was actually the third one listed, baptism. And you saw the plural version. That means there must be more than one. It was baptism. We said baptism in the Greek. It's baptismos. Uh, it's a washing. It's a root word from bapto, baptizo, um, to submerge. Some primary word of bapto to dip or to immerse. So baptism, we said, was when someone is being immersed, being dipped into something else. So baptism is someone being submerged or dipped into something else. All right. So we understand when Jesus said the elementary understanding is there has to be more than one because he put the plural form of s on baptism. All right. So that being the case, we understood that there were three baptisms, three baptisms we talked about, three of them, all right? So right here, you see the one column is, uh, well, I put the chart on the screen too as well, 
yeah, you see the, the, uh, the one vertical column is the baptism. The baptism element, what a person being dipped into. The next column is the actual agent, the person actually doing the baptizing, because he said baptism is someone submerging or dipping someone else into something else. And then the third column you see is the purpose. All right? So we said that there were three baptisms. We said the first and the core one is being baptized into Christ. Being baptized into Christ. What does that mean? When you choose to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are now a kingdom of God citizen. You've been baptized now into the body of Christ, into Christ. That's the first baptism. Well, who does that baptism? Well, the person, the agent that does that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one that speaks to one who hasn't chosen to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior yet. He draws that person, speaks to that person over time. When they choose, they have to make a choice to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit was the one that drew them. What's the purpose of that baptism? The purpose of that baptism is for salvation, for us to be saved, for us to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Then we said another baptism is being baptized in the water. That's the element, all right? The person is submerged or dipped into water, all right? You see, and we showed the pictures last week with, uh, with both my son and daughter from when they did it back in 2009. They were submerged into water, amen? Now, who is the baptizer? Now, I know often a lot, a lot of times we see in local assemblies a lot of times it's the past, we see the pastor or other ministers do it, and praise God, that's, that's good. But it also can actually be any believer. Any person is already uh, a person in Christ, or a person that's already received Jesus as Lord and Savior, they actually can be the one that actually physically does the baptizing. So another believer can dip one, another person into water, amen? Submerge them into water. What do we say of the purpose of that? Well, the purpose of that baptism is mostly symbolic to express, visually express, Symbolism of being like Jesus' death, burial, or resurrection, that person is being submerged into water fully, coming back up as symbolic that they are living a new life. Amen? Now, it's important that we understood that this baptism was not for salvation. That baptism is up here. That This baptism with water is strictly for symbolism. It is not for salvation. Amen? Now, then we said another baptism is one more we focus on in this series is being baptized with or being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what do we? Well, we'll talk about that in the next slide. The baptizer is Jesus. That means there, Jesus is the one that's drawing the person, saying, "Hey, I'm, I must have uh, an opportunity." Or Jesus is saying to them, "Hey, you should take it." Like he told the, the disciples, "Hey, he told, hey, wait here." Don't go anywhere until God sends you the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he knows the purpose, you see over here, is for power, to do the things God wants us to do to advance his kingdom. So Jesus will sprinkle and talk to a person about, hey, I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus. I need something else additional. Let me also receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, what we understood was one of the questions was, you may ask Kyle a question, hey, well, when I, well, I got saved, when I got that first baptism, do I have the Holy Spirit uh, with me? That's a common question. That's, that's a good. And it's, I always say there's no bad question because a person has it. He's got to be good. And things are, to me, there's no bad questions. Um, that being the case, the answer is yes. So the, when you first get saved, refer to see Jesus as your Holy Spirit. Do you have the Holy Spirit with you? Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, you can reference John 14 and 17, Romans 8 and 9, Romans 8, 14 and 16, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, Galatians 4 and 6. So when you first receive, when you first receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do have the Holy Spirit with you. But that is different and distinguished from being baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
That's different from being baptized with the Holy Spirit. We showed the scenario. Joe, come back up here real quick. We showed the scenario last week. Um, so let's just say Joe, he, he's, he's a believer, for the sake of this example. Uh, let's just say he was an unbeliever. Oh, then all of a sudden Joe gets saved, all right? That being the case, when he gets saved, we now have the Holy Spirit with him, all right? So I'm, I'm playing the role of the Holy Spirit. So Joe is now saved, now has the Holy Spirit with him, okay? That's when he first gets saved. When Joe chooses to do the other, that last, I shouldn't say last, but that one we just nearly saw, when he chooses to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit goes from being with him to being infilled with Joe's, which all, so he is all in one, being baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Joe. You got it? So that's the difference between the two. So when you first get saved, you do have the Holy Spirit with you. That's different than being filled with or being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, keep it on. Now, we understand those other two, we, we, and again, we're still doing our review. The other two baptisms uh, can be interchangeable. Receiving Jesus, your Lord, is here. That's the core foundation. But the other two baptisms mean baptized with water and being baptized filled with the Holy Spirit. The order of those two can be interchangeable. Because we saw in Scripture where people were saved, then they received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and then they received baptism with water. And we saw all the Scriptures where they were saved, baptized with water, and then baptized with the Holy Spirit. So those last, those other two can be interchangeable. Does that make sense? We have to understand that. But one of the core pieces, again, you can reference Acts uh, 8, 9 through 17, you live in translation in particular, and Acts 10, 40, 44 through 48. But one thing that in Romans, you see here, Romans 8 and 14, one of the reasons that's in core is that being the case, we have to understand then, so if there are three baptisms and we understand the other two are interchangeable, there, and, and by scripture you see it, that means there can be Christians that do not currently have the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't make them bad, it doesn't make them evil. Because we all, each of these, preferably, it's great when it all happens, you know, you know, especially baptism and, and salvation all happen there at the same, when the first person is saved. But you can see there can be time in between each of these. So that being the case, so one of the desires for receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit is to continue to grow in our walk with the Lord. If we love Jesus, we want to continue to grow and learn more about him. One of the things he's saying is to do that, and to do the things I want you to do, is to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So there can be Christians who don't, that haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Again, doesn't make them bad. They still want heaven. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to go continue in your walk with the Lord, and mature that much more, then you want to be that, be that much more son of God and receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, now, continue on in, in the review. Now, we understood that, that the Holy Spirit is a he. He is a person. He is not an it. He is not a force. The baptism is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead. We have God the Father, who we are to pray to. We, remember, we learned in the faith series, we no longer pray to Jesus, right? Uh, we don't ask, we don't petition Jesus. So then we have God the Father, then we have Jesus the Son, and then we have the Holy Spirit. All right? So let's look at proof text. John 16 13, New King James. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Well, that's just one proof text to say, I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit must be a person, and the gender of the male is rather than he. All right, you also reference John 14 17. John 15 and 26, and Acts 
8, 14 through 16. So this proof text that the Holy Spirit is not an it, he is not a force, he is a he, he is a person. Now, continue on. It says, so, well, that, that being the case, we just continue on our review. How do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm glad, again, glad you asked. This is God's series. So, what God is saying, and he makes it, praise God, he makes it clear. He says, hey, what I need you to do is just ask. You have to ask God in faith to receive the Holy Spirit, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. This, I don't want to make, minimize it, but it is that simple. Because we have a loving God who doesn't want to withhold the Holy Spirit from us. You can reference Luke. 11, 10 through 13, and Galatians 3 and 14. Let's take a look at that. Luke 11, 10 through 13. For everyone who asks, receives. Praise God right there. Amen. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or, if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? So God said, hey, if, if, if you're down there, you know, if, you, if your son asks you for something, won't you give him that same thing he's asking for? He won't give him something different. He said, if you then being evil, like God said, well, if y'all can do that, I know how to give good gifts to your children, so if you all know how to do that, how, uh, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So that being the case, God is making it so easy and pure and plain. So if we want the influence of the Holy Spirit, we just ask God in faith, and we will receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God for his love yeah. and simple. Amen? Yeah. Now, just, this is a few. There's no way I can truly list, not only God, but nobody is a truly an exhaustive list of all the characteristics and benefits of the Holy Spirit. But here's just a few. Well, one is that he guides us into witnessing. Glory God, he guides us into talking to people about Jesus Christ. So we don't have to feel like we know every single scripture of the Bible and everything. We just, hey, we just share what we know. If you only know one scripture, if you only know that God woke you up this morning, share that. Hey, this God, if you only know that God loved the person, share that. The Holy Spirit will guide you. Amen? God doesn't witness. You can reference Acts 1 and 8. He's a helper. You can reference John 14 and 6. He's a comforter. You can reference Acts 9 31, John 15 and 26, in particular Amplified. He's a teacher, praise God. That's right. The Holy Spirit teaches. Yes, that person does. You record John 14, 26. He gives truth and revelation. He said revelation is that aha, that rhema, that, that aha word, that message that you get. You're like, wow, it's like a light bulb moment. Praise God. You record John 16, 13, and John 14 and 17. All right? He also gets instruction from Jesus. So the Holy Spirit isn't doing anything on his own. No, he's operating all in accordance with God and Jesus. And he gets instruction from Jesus. Reference John 16:13. He reveals things that God has for us. Oh, that's praise God. That's, that's so. It, there are things that God has for us available. We already referenced that in, in the faith series with regards to Ephesians 1 and 3. You already blessed very spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Glory God. So there are things God has for us already available in that safe in our not only our faith but also the Holy Spirit will help download that. So things that you don't even know you want right now, Holy Spirit can download that to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 2, 8-12. Also, this is where we focus on today, gives you the ability to speak, pray in a higher level prayer language called tongues. Gives you the ability to speak and pray in a higher level prayer language called tongues. You reference Acts 2 and 4, Acts 10 and 46, Jude 20. Now, let's get to it. So eight common, eight common questions regarding the Holy Spirit and tongues. Let's get right into it, all right? Now, number one, 
When I get filled with the Holy Spirit, will I feel anything? Hmm. When I get filled with the Holy Spirit, will I feel anything? Because I heard the whole thing. Uh, how's it going, babe? Uh, look at my shirt. The, the, my hands, look at my hands. My hands are new. My feet, my feet did it too. You know, so no, 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 no. Your hands and feet ain't going. Now, it's, it's cute. It's nice. I get it. But your hand, when you receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, your and when you receive Jesus, your Lord and your hands and your feet are not physically going to change. Um, so, but I get it. I, 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 you know. So the answer is no. Um, the Holy Spirit connects to us. Spirit is spirit. Why do we say? Why do we say that? Well, because it's true. But in particular, know what we learned in a prior series uh, from First Thessalonians five twenty three that we are a spirit. We're a three part being. We're a spirit that has a soul. That lives in a body. Everybody say it with me. You're a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Amen. That means we're a three-part spirit. The spirit part of us connects with God. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions, our marriage and intellect. And our soul, that's our soul. And our body is our five senses. See, feel, taste, touch, and smell. And then we also have that carnal thing, you know, that don't full flesh. So when this happens, the Holy Spirit is speaking to a spirit to spirit. He's not speaking spirit to soul. He's not speaking spirit to body. You got it? So Holy Spirit is speaking spirit to spirit. That being the case, you're not going to feel anything. It's not a, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it is not a physical experience. It is, it is by faith. You got it? It is by faith, not physical. Just like receiving Jesus was not a physical thing, it was by faith. You understand? So when you receive the baptism, you won't feel anything from that perspective. It's not like that kind of thing. It's a spiritual transaction. Mm-hmm. All right? You got to understand. You reference 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Galatians 3 and 14, Ephesians 2 and 8. All right? That's the first question. All right, now. Now, let's, now, here, let's, since we break it up a few religious things, let's just break some more up here. All right, so. There you go. And just know it's all out of love because we, Sometimes, when you're in a work day on a Tuesday at 10.07, you need to be focusing on what the Word says and not necessarily well-intended, but religious cliches. Because it's the Word that's going to help bring you out of that thing when your boss is getting on your last nerve. Or when your spouse said X, Y, and Z. Mm. You got me? So again, no luck, because uh, again, I believe all the different religious cliches are all in with good intent. But we have to understand now, let's take it from the good intent. And now, what does the word say to help us move and get out of situations where God is further glorified? Amen. So, that being the case, so this is out of love. So, we have to understand, let's look at this. When one receives the Holy Spirit, one may choose. Out of their soul, because we said the soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions, our imagination, and its intellect. One may choose by act of their soul to, when they receive the Holy Spirit, to jump, run around, you know, scream, yell, sing. That 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 um, there's nothing wrong with that because they are expressing their joy about having that level of transaction with God. That's a good thing. So there's not being not. But what we have to clarify, though, is those emotional reactions are not, they are a choice. They are not a requirement, nor is it proof that one received the Holy Spirit. 
we have to distinguish that because sometimes the cliches come like, oh, that person caught the spirit. We'll deal with that in a second. The Holy Spirit being in, filled with us is a spiritual transaction. So when one, a person chooses to run around and jump, again, that's an emotional choice to say, hey, they, they're, they're happy. They're, they're, they're glad that God um, downloaded the Holy Spirit with them. Praise God. That's a, that's a blessed thing. But what it's saying is it's not a requirement nor is it proof to say, okay, because they did that, that means they received the Holy Spirit. Or if they didn't do that, that means they didn't receive the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. That's why we got to clarify some things. But that being the case, it's a spiritual transaction. So those emotional, those emotional choices are choices. That's why they can run around jump. But just think about it. The Holy Spirit, he's a helper. He's not going to have someone fall over. People can hurt themselves. Hitting the head on the chair and all kind of stuff. Now I'm not I'm not minimizing, I'm being real. You see, you and people say that person, you know, caught spirit, I'll deal with that in a second. The Holy Spirit's not gonna have somebody hurt themselves to receive a perfect gift. So we this is again, we're just clarifying some things. So now let's deal with it. It's a spiritual transaction, so um, it's not force or condition requirement as proof expression they receive the Holy Spirit. That being the case, and uh-oh, once the Holy Spirit is indwelling within us. This is New Testament time, so he's not leaving and coming back. He's not going in and out. So once we receive the Holy Spirit infilled with us, he's with us. Period. He's not going in and out, leaving us every hour or every two days. So that being the case, the statement that, oh, she caught the Spirit really isn't physically accurate. Because he's not going anywhere. Why would you need to catch someone that's already within you? So you have to understand that. Now, it is possible if that person hadn't yet received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, that they may be uh, expressing emotional joy about relationship with God, okay, or that maybe they, they chose to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit in that moment, and they chose to express themselves by running around. Okay, cool. But other than that, it's it's a, it's a choice to do the running around. So you don't catch the Spirit if one already had the Holy Spirit within them. Amen? Again, it's a spiritual transaction. We're just trying to be biblically accurate. So again, Tuesday at 3.05 at work, we're not relying on a cliche. Amen? This is, again, because God loves you. Because God loves you. Let's move on. Now, so what is number two? So what's the other question? It's about common questions. It's about common things. But you may see this. So... Another common question is, so what is speaking in tongues? Well, speaking in tongues, you see here, is a heavenly language via the Holy Spirit that he allows us, if we choose, to uh, implement for a higher level communication with God. So again, tongues is given by the Holy Spirit for a higher level prayer language and communication with God, if we choose to have and implement. You can reference Acts 2 and 4, Acts 10 and 46. Ephesians 6 and 18 and Jude 20. Alright? Now, other names you may hear, other, you know, so other names or other cliches, we're not just cliches, other names you may hear for speaking in tongues, you may hear these things also. You may hear praying in tongues. You can reference 1 Corinthians 14 and 14. You may hear praying in the Spirit, uh, Jude 20, Ephesians 6 and 18. You may hear unknown language, unknown tongues. You reference Acts 10 and 46 and 5, Acts 19 and 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. These are all other terminology that you may hear, but they all say they all mean the same thing about speaking or praying in tongues. So just give it out there. 
just because you hear someone saying, pray in the Spirit, you say, well, no, that's not speaking in the Spirit. No, it's the same thing. It's just other, other ways of communicating it. Okay? Now, number three, and then third, we come up. Any common questions regarding the Holy Spirit and tongues? Number three, is there a distinction between speaking in tongues and receiving the Spirit? Is there a distinction between speaking in tongues and receiving the Holy Spirit? Well, the answer is kind of yes and no. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, let's, let's deal with it. So, yes, in the sense that we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is more than just tongues. He gives tongues as one of the less gifts that he gives us, but the Holy Spirit is more than just tongues. He's a helper. He's a comfort. He's all those, just a few of those characteristics that we made. But he is more than just tongues. So, from that perspective, he's, is, from that perspective, there is a distinction. Amen? Let's look at John 14 and 16, the New King James Version. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. So again, so he's a helper. So he's a total, total helper. So uh, although the gifts uh, were speaking in tongues, one of the, the blessing gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, he's more than just tongues. So in that perspective, he's more than just uh, speaking in tongues. There is a distinction, right? And on the no side, no in the sense that there's really no distinction that much in the sense that since tongues come from the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit is one given tongue, they're kind of intertwined. So the answer is yes and no. So there's a distinction, yes, that he's more than just tongues. You always want to seek the giver and not the gift. Um, but no in the sense that Holy, uh, tongues comes from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't, doesn't come from the water fountain. Okay. All right. So from that perspective. All right. Now. Now. So let's talk about this. The, the distinction between the Holy Spirit giving you the ability to speak in tongues and then you speaking in tongues, the difference is your will. We understand that your will is what you want. So the distinction between, or the difference between the Holy Spirit having to get available for you and you actually speaking in tongues, the difference is your will. It's a choice. You have to act to do it. Amen? So here you see a basic formula. I know my chemistry and math people will like this. Holy Spirit is giving plus your will equals you speaking in tongues. Okay? All right. Shout out to the chemistry and math people. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Thus, um, thus, don't think this is this is another piece we gotta kind of clarify. Don't ever think that if whether at the altar call or if you're at home or you're in your car at the Wawa. If you choose, because God made it clear to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is ask in faith in God, and you'll receive them. So don't ever think, please, don't ever think that if you choose by act of your faith to ask God to receive the Holy Spirit, and you do it in faith, if you happen not immediately to start uh, speaking in tongues, don't ever think that you did receive the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, I've got to clarify that because it is one of the most common evidences of, of receiving the Holy Spirit. But we got to understand that, and you see it a lot in the Bible, clearly. But again, we said the Holy Spirit is more than just tongues. So, if you, but, so there could have been something with your will, and there's nothing wrong, but your mind might, your, when you receive the Holy Spirit, your mind might have been focused on other things, maybe in, in a hot second, or it might be some, another reason. But it, and all that means is you can continue to, as you grow and spend more time with the Lord, you will begin to speak with tongues. And he's just one of the things that the Holy Spirit gives. But don't ever think, if you ask God in faith for the Holy Spirit, that you did receive the Holy Spirit 
because you didn't speak in tongues in that second. Because that's just one evidence. Amen? Just one. Now, number four, question number four. So that's going to say, how do you speak in tongues? Let's get down to that part. How do you speak in tongues? Well, let's look at the help formula. Let's look at the help formula, okay? H, H, heart willing. You have to, you have, to have a willing heart. You have to want to do it, all right? It, you have to be heart willing, so you have to choose to actually want to speak in tongues. And that's, that's a start there first. So you have to be heart willing. It's the help formula. E, you have to elect to do it. It's by choice. You have to elect to do it. It's by choice. It's like choosing to say your name. So if someone asks you, asks you your name, I say, what's your name? He says, come here. All right, cool. That being the case, he chose by act of his, he elected to say his name. I, I can ask him here at 3 o'clock during the day. Well, 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 tell me what's your name. Come here. Yeah, he, he can be half sleep on a basketball bench. No, 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 no. He ain't going to be on the bench. We got skills. But I'm just saying, you can ask him at any point in time. I'm saying he's going to know his name because he elected to do it. So. That being the case, you have to let it do it. It's by choice. So speaking in tongues is an act of, it's, it's, you have to be heart willing, and you have to let it do it. It's by choice. Right? It's just like saying your name. All right? Now, L, again, this is a help formula. You have to lower your mind. What is that? You have to talk about nothing weird. But when we say lower your mind, you have to clear your mind, remove any distractions away, and allow God to speak through you in the tongues. Amen? So you have to kind of clear your mind, because sometimes when people, Receive the Holy Spirit. Sometimes their their mind may be nervous, they may be thinking or have an expectation of what that sound like. Maybe they think they got the sound. Their tongue has to sound like another person's tongue. No, 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 no. God gives you your own set of tongues. Does that make sense? So that being the case, you have to clear your mind, relax, blow it out, allow God to clear your mind, and be for Him to speak through you. Okay. So spelling the help form, the H E L. And then P, and then finally, permit words or sounds that are, that are not part of your native tongue. When we say native tongue, here in America, we commonly speak English. But in other places, they may speak Russian, they may speak Japanese, they may speak Chinese, Mandarin, whatever. All right? So whatever your native tongue is, you have to, to permit words to come out of your mouth from God that are not part of your, your native tongue when you speak in tongue. Amen? Again. It's an act of it's an act of choice. We're, we're clarif- God is clarifying this because sometimes there is a thought that tongues is just going to overtake you and you just got to sh- 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 shake it down, or you're going to be able to work on something. Goes first, meeting tongues. You know, it, you know. So not. I mean, from a from a uh, involuntary perspective. No, that's not. It, it's a choice. Okay. So you don't have to be afraid of tongues. You control it. Amen. You control that one gift that God gives you. You control it. So it's not like you don't have to be afraid of it. But again, God is demystifying some things because I understand that's, that's a real place. Sometimes people they hear this language and it's like, whoa, 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 we gotta back away. Well no, it's 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 but when we get more understanding, when you understand what one plus one was, before you learned it, you might have been intimidated if your teacher came up to you and said, What one plus one? You're like, whoa, 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 I never learned this. You made me a little frightened. But once you got an understanding from the teacher about what one plus one was, you know, they, they showed you the uh, board, they showed you some balls and everything, and you put the, one ball, you had the other ball to it, you got two balls. Once you had an understanding, then you were no longer afraid of it. Does that make sense? So we have to understand and kind of demystify some things. You do it, so you don't have to be afraid of something. It's one of the gifts that God wants to give you to help power some things. Amen? All right? Now, that's how you do it. Now, number five, number five. Is tongues... For me, so about Christians, is tongue for us today? You know, but I've, I've heard in the body of Christ, you know, sometimes people say, well, what? tongue isn't for us today. It's not for us in 2021. Well, you know, and, and 
I, I, you know, and again, let's all continue to speak to each other in love. But the, the short answer to that question is, the answer is yes. Tongues is for us today. And actually, tongues is for us until Jesus comes back. And let's look at the proof text. All right? Now, this is Jesus talking to the disciples before he, he had already died on the cross, rose again, walked around for a number of days. We talked about that in the Jesus series. All right? He saw a number of people, and he's giving them some instructions before he ascends up to heaven. Because that's where Jesus is right now. He's at the right hand of God, with the Bible says. But before he ascends, he gave some he gave a number of instructions about his time here on earth. One of the things he said to them was this. Let's look at this. He says, Mark 16 and 17, New King James Version. This is, and this is Jesus talking. He said, And these signs will follow. Remember when I came here, we're not going to get back into it. The difference between walking by faith and miracles. We talked about that before. And these signs will follow those who believe. Alright? In my name, they will cast out demons, and they will speak in new tongues, with new tongues. We understand this from a basic English vernacular perspective. Will is not only the present, but more so it has an emphasis on future tense. So when he says they will speak with tongues, so we, and then we think about in context, Jesus was saying that when he's about to bounce and about to sin with the Father, that means he's saying, when he ascends with the Father, this is something that people will continue to do. And wow, that must mean, and since Jesus hasn't come back yet, that must mean tongues must be for us today. Because Jesus hasn't come back yet. So if he says this is what they will do, just that will is active for us now because this, our, his will that he just spoke about this in the future test is our current test. That makes sense? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Because Jesus is with the Father. Amen. Alright, praise God. Let's, let's, let's look on. Now, so you're saying, well, Pastor Mike, what about that 1 Corinthians 13, 8-10 piece? What about that? Alright, well, let's, let's look, let's look, let's look. Okay, look at your Love never fails. But, what, but whether, though, whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. I told you, Pastor. I told you tongues is not for us today. Easy. Okay. Like we're going to do, like what the Bible says, we're going to be like the Marines, we're going to study the Word, we're also going to study the Word, to show ourselves to prove why we divide the Word, give God a chance, give God a chance, alright? Because we're going to do it from the hermeneutical perspective, again, we said hermeneutics, as, as we know, again, the study of the interpretation of the principles, of the, the study of the principles of interpreting the Word of God. One of those principles is when we look at scripture, we have to look at it both in context, both in the sentence paragraph. Right, so we're going to look at it. All right, let's, let's look, look at it again. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Okay, it's like all these things need to be going. For, I mean, just connecting what it just said, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. What is that saying? He's saying these things will stop because right now we're doing things in part. What does that mean? Well, we all go to be with Jesus and God. There, we're going to know everything. Does that make sense? Right now, we're utilizing what God has blessed us with down here. So what we're doing, we're doing the most we can, but we're doing it in part. Because we don't know everything that God has for us until we go to be with the Lord. So from his perspective... He said, yeah, well done. You're doing all you can, but you're doing it only to a part. 
because you don't know all the more that I have for you when you come see me. So all that you're doing right now, you're doing great, but you're doing it in overall in part. So that being the case, so all we're doing down here, we're doing in part. So, for we know in part and we prophesize in part. Uh-oh, but when, which means that's something in future, when that which is perfect has come, well, what is perfect? He's referring to Jesus. Talk about that in a second. But when, maybe it hasn't come yet, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part, meaning all those things up here, prophesying and speaking tongues, knowledge is in part, will be done away. So now let's bring it together. What this is saying is, when Jesus comes back, when we talked about it before, and we'll have a, another series that really gives in more depth, when Jesus comes back, to be more specific, the Bible calls it caught up, or we like to say the rapture. When Jesus comes back, when we get raptured, I gave this example a couple weeks ago, my grandfather, who was a believer, he's transitioned now. His physical body is in the earth, but the Bible says if you absent from the body, you be present with the Lord. Grandpa's body, just like all believers, when they go to be, when they transition, their spirit and so our spirits and souls go to be with God. But our physical bodies are still right down here on earth. But when Jesus comes back, it means that the rapture will be caught up. What will happen then, we say, Papa's body will be supernaturally merged with his spirit and soul, and he will have a new glorified body. Because the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. So that means they will get the same body that Jesus had when he rose. Praise God. Then it says, then, those of us who are alive, so let's say Jesus comes back in two minutes from now. That means everyone that's part of this UTVAA, that are believers, glory to God. Then, that transition with our spirit, souls, and bodies, when we're alive, we're going to have a supernatural transition right there, and then we'll have a new glorified body. Then we'll rise as well. So then all will rise with Jesus. This is when Jesus comes back, meaning from the, with the rapture, where the Bible says being caught up. He's saying when that happens, all these other things will cease. Why? Because at that point in time, we're going to be with the Lord, and we will go from knowing and doing things in part to knowing whole. So in that being the case, we won't have to speak in tongues. We won't have to prophesy because the part of doing those is communication with God and doing things to glorify God and understanding. At that point in time, when Jesus comes back, we're going to have right direct access to Jesus and to God. So we'll know in whole and we'll be able to communicate. So we won't have to do things in part. But guess what? That's not yet. That's the win. So that being the case, that means tongues is still legit for today because Jesus hasn't come back yet. So again, in context, we're referring to Jesus and that was the perfect has come. So, but you can reference this. This is a couple of examples. Jesus said, and you can reference John 16, 23. He said, he was, again, preparing him when he was about to bounce and go ascend. He said, look, he said, when I go, you no longer ask me anything. He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, it will give to you. So what he was preparing him for was, once Jesus goes to ascend to the Father, which is where he is now, we no longer pray and ask, we no longer ask Jesus anything. Remember, we went through this in our prayer series, in our faith series. So when you're praying, asking for something, no longer pray to Jesus. No longer ask him anything. That's what his direction said. He said, no, 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 because then I'll be with the Father. He said, now you've got to ask the Father in my name. That's a big distinction. Well, that's just like this. Jesus was with them. 
during that time period, they didn't have to, they didn't have to ask the Father in Jesus' name because Jesus was right there. He said, but when I go, you can't do the same thing because I'm no longer with you. You've got to ask the Father in my name. This is the same type thing. Right now, Jesus is not here, so we have to follow things like two tongues and prophesy, those kind of things. Does that make sense? Because he's not here, but when we are with him, tongues will cease. Prophecies will cease because we'll be with him. Does that make sense? Another example. So you can reference here, uh, you, well, it's a couple of them. Matthew 9, 14, 15, Mark 2 and 18, 20, and Luke 5, 33-35. Jesus was being challenged by some of uh, John the Baptist's uh, disciples, and he said, whoa, he said, wait, uh, John's disciples fast, and the Pharisees fast. How come your disciples don't fast? And Jesus was like, hmm, let me answer that. He said, well, does the bridegroom's friends mourn when the bridegroom is alive? He said, why would the bridegroom's friends mourn for someone who is alive? He said, but when the bridegroom is taken away, then they'll fast. So what Jesus was saying is, hey, they don't have to fast right now because this is a time when Jesus was physically down here on earth. They don't have to fast right now because one of the reasons for fasting is for a number of things. You're getting close to God, hearing directly from God, clearing, you know, sacrificing yourself to hear closely from God, and a number of different things. He said, they don't have to do that right now because I'm right, I'm right here. They don't have to do all that. He said, but when I'm gone, then they'll fast. So, same type principle. He's saying right now, Jesus is gone. So those things that we didn't have to do when he was here, physically here, we should still be doing. So tongues is still for the day until Jesus comes back. Does that make sense? Until Jesus comes back, yeah, we still speak in tongues. Yeah, people still prophesy. Yes, people still gain out. People still speak. You know what I mean? So, we, so yes, tongues is still for the day. So the proper interpretation of this is when that which is perfect has come. Jesus hasn't come back yet. Glory to God. That means these are things we should still be doing to glorify and edify him, learn more about him, and advance God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, that being the case, so what we want to do is we want to go ahead and make sure that all of as you, this lesson is concluded. Now, you want to make sure that you come back for next week, because we want to continue on in this series. We want to continue the series. We want to conclude next week, part three of three, and we're going to continue on. And, and God's going to conclude this series, and He's going to continue on with those eight common questions about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Amen. Give God glory. All right. All right. Now, glory to God. So. We're going to go back to our reminder chart you see on the screen. You want to make sure that you may have taken some notes of your screenshots and those kind of things. You want to say to yourself, all right, this is, this is the time. This is I'm going to commit to myself. I'm going to take away at least one thing that I'm going to start applying this week. Why is that? Because we want to be doers of the word and not hear it all. That's what we were charged to do. Again, we reference James 1, 20 to 25. It says, be doers of the word and not hear it all. So, so we want to actually think about something that God just taught us, and we want to start applying it. All right? Why? He said, I'm sorry, applying it this week. We don't want it to sit on our shelf or something like some other you know, seminar we may have went to. No, we don't want it to sit on our shelf. We want to start applying it. We want to be doers and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing a natural face in the mirror. But he observes himself, goes away, and immediately begins what kind of man he was. So he goes to service, hears God's word, walks away, and immediately begins what kind of person he was. Immediately begins what God's told him about. 
that's not going to be you. You want to be Judas. This is where you want to be. But he, if I say he, he. Right, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, being the word, and continues in it, and is not forgetful here, but a doer of the word, this one, everybody says me. me. This one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. Amen. I right, get God's will.